Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. Do you know that Speaking of Travel has a website? That's right. It's called speakingoftravel.net. Why don't you go log on to speakingoftravel.net and click on Join the Travel Club. Put your name in. I'll be sending out newsletters with lots of travel tips and photos and really good information, old podcasts that you can listen to and just get inspired to travel. And if you're traveling to Asheville, North Carolina, you're going to want to come in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport. That place has five airlines, 11 nonstop destinations, connecting you anywhere you want to go in the whole wide world. And remember, you can listen anywhere in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. So be sure you download that and you can listen to Speaking of Travel anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world. Well, you know, one thing I have really started to realize lately is that life is short. And you know what? There's a whole world of things out there to explore. And sometimes what keeps us from leading a rich life where we fully realize our potential to soar is just holding back. Well, after 50 years of wilderness travel, my guest today has plenty of tales to tell. He has an insatiable curiosity, a restless soul, and a love of adventure. J.R. Harris is a lifelong adventurer and explorer, starting with his days as a Boy Scout. And since then, he's traveled to some of the most remote places on the planet, mostly alone and unsupported. J.R. Harris, how are you? Welcome to the show. Well, good morning. Thank you. So, Jr., my goodness, you've been traveling for a long time. Yeah, I guess I was born restless, Marilyn, uh, uh, in a good way. You know, I've always loved to travel. I come from a uh, family that travels. Uh, my father was a waiter in a dining car in the New York Central Railroad. And when we were growing up, we used to take train trips. My sister had a management position at United Airlines. So, you know, we're a traveling family, and uh, I guess I inherited it from my parents. So tell me a little bit, when you were a boy, a young boy, and you were doing all this traveling and you were in the Boy Scouts, what was it that started you thinking, you know, not only do I want to travel, but maybe be an explorer? Yeah, well, you know, I tell you, when I was about... 15 years old, growing up here in New York City. One Saturday, I went to a movie called Alexander the Great, starring Richard Burton. And, um, you know, I paid attention to all the battle scenes and the action scenes, not too much to the dialogue, but except for one exception. The um, uh, Alexander's uh, philosopher uh, teacher, uh, teacher was Aristotle, and Aristotle asked him, what he would rather have, a short, exciting life or a long, dull life. And, of course, Alexander chose to have a, uh, a very exciting, uh, short life, and he lived to conquer most of the known worlds. But then when I was walking home, you know, I started thinking, you know, if I had that choice, what would I pick? You know, and I knew I wasn't Alexander, but we were about the same age. And I said to myself, you know, I think I would, I would pick the same thing. I'd like to have a short, 
uh, but very, very exciting life. Now, of course, it's easy to say that when you're about 14 years old, uh, but it, it happened. It came true, you know, and, and it was, it's been great ever since then. The only problem was when I hit 33, which is the age that Alexander died, I was kind of scared that at any moment, you know, it all it would all come to an end. But uh, it's been it's been a long, good run for me. I'm really, uh, really still love to travel. Well, that is really great. So tell me about um, when you finally made that first trip. What what was going on in your life at that point? Uh, well, my first major trip was right after I graduated from college in 1966. And I wanted to get away and just go somewhere and travel and do something totally different. And I uh, looked at a map and I saw that the northernmost uh, road in North America was about 120 miles north of Fairbanks, Alaska. So me being a young you know, college grad, I had a used Volkswagen Beetle. And I decided to go to the end of that road because I... You know, I, I knew that if I, if I if somehow could get to the end of that northernmost road, that every vehicle, every car, truck, uh, motorcycle, whatever, uh, in, in the United States, in Canada, Mexico, it would all be behind me. And there would be nothing in front of me all the way up to the North Pole. So for that strange reason, I set out by myself from New York City, drove all the way up to Alaska. Alaska... Nobody lived there. Uh, it had only been a state for about 10 minutes. Oil hadn't been discovered yet, and it was just a total frontier. Uh, but it was, it was a uh, pretty much a spontaneous decision, but that was my first big trip. And uh, from then on, I just kept on traveling. Wow. Well, tell me a little bit, Jr. You know, I'm getting a little, I'm getting moved here thinking about what it was like for you being just out of college, uh, you know, a young man and a Volkswagen Beetle driving across the country at a time. There was, you know, those were some challenging times back in the 60s. And, uh, and here you are all by yourself, just with your own head and, um, how did you feel when you got up there and, and, you, and you conquered this quest, if you will? Well, you know, it, it was, frankly, a, uh, a turning point in my life. Um, it was the first major trip that I ever did. It was the first time I had ever been out of the United States. Uh, it was the first time I ever traveled alone for such a long distance. And uh, even though my... My objective for going there was kind of a, you know, spontaneous, uh, you know, wish. You know, when I, when I finally got up there, and I did it, it was a very, very tough trip, I must say. But, um, you know, I learned that if you have a wish in life and there's something that you really want to do, that at some stage you just have to go out there and do it. I had a, a great feeling of accomplishment. I still had a long drive home, but when I got home, uh, I knew, you know, essentially that anything I wanted to do was possible, you know, if I, if I really wanted to do it um, badly enough. And one of the things I always wanted to do was travel, and I realized by doing this trip that anywhere in the world was on my radar screen. I could, 
um, essentially go anywhere I wanted to if I put my mind to it and if I really wanted to do it badly enough. So you were uh, just graduated from college. You had made this grand gesture of a trek uh, to a destination that was very far away and very remote. When we come back from the break, JR, I want to pick up right there and talk to you a little bit more about what happened next. Like, I would imagine that that would have been a pivotal time for you to make some major life decisions into what direction you wanted to go. So when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about that and find out some places that you've been and how you continue to live this lifestyle. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank you so much. J.R. Harris is talking to us today. You're in New York City today, right? I'm in New York City, Big Apple. The Big Apple. Well, thank you, J.R., so much for being on the show. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. And, you know, it is a beautiful day here in Asheville, North Carolina. And if you're coming in and you're looking to buy in a place, you need to check out Appalachian Realty because those guys over on Arlington Place, right off of Charlotte Street, they are the experts in finding out what you want, how you want to live your lifestyle. Do you want a bungalow out in the country? Do you want a little cabin out in the woods? Do you need a place downtown? They've got it all covered for you. So be sure to visit AppalachianRealty.com. Tell them Marilyn sent you from Speaking of Travel, and we'll be right back after the break. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball and you're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And remember, speaking of travel.net Get online, join the travel club, and let's go places. That's something I want to do down the road is start planning some really fun trips together. So speakingoftravel.net. And remember, if you're flying in and out of Asheville, you need to go through the Asheville Regional Airport. With frequent daily connections to major international hubs, Asheville Regional Airport is Western North Carolina's gateway to the whole wide world. Well, speaking of the whole wide world, my guest today is J.R. Harris. 
Harris. And I'll tell you, Jr., you've been all around the world, haven't you? Uh, yes, I have. Really well, lucky. I know. You really are. But lucky, true, and yet it sounds like you really made these this lifestyle for yourself happen. You were telling us before the break about this great adventure right out of college, traveling across country, up into Alaska in a VW Beetle. What was it like when you got back to New York, Jr.? Put us in your head at that point. Well, um, you know, coming back, I was obviously full of exhilaration and excitement about my trip. But at the same time, uh, reality set in. I was a college graduate, and then I, you know, now had to go out and get a job. And uh, this was in the uh, mid-60s during the Vietnam War. Um, but uh, as, a, as a new college grad, I was able to get a, uh, a job at uh, NBC, National Broadcasting Company in New York, I worked there for several years, and then I went to uh, another company, General Foods, and then after that I went to uh, PepsiCo, where I was uh, in the international division. All of those jobs had one thing in common. They all had travel involved in it, and I really uh, loved it. It was business travel, uh, but it was a chance for me to uh, get around to cities and countries that I had never visited before and had always wanted to um, to go and see for myself. So it was a great opportunity, especially the third job at PepsiCo where I was a um, market research uh, director and I was in charge of uh, about 50 countries. Uh, the company also sent me to um, language school where I learned to speak French and Spanish. And um, for three years, I traveled around the world uh, for work. And at the same time, I was doing treks when I wasn't working. So whether I was working or whether I had time off, it was always about travel. And uh, I became a pretty good traveler. And I, I, I learned how to do it. I learned how to love it. And uh, in, in 1975... Uh, I left Pepsi, and I started my own business, JRH Marketing Services, and uh, I've been doing it ever since, and I have clients that are literally all around the world, major corporations, government uh, um, uh, offices, and, and um, NGOs. So I, um, I still love to travel, and I hope to keep traveling. So you've been traveling now for like 50-plus years, right? Uh, yeah, I've been traveling about, you know, almost since they invented airplanes. <laughs> wow. Now, come on. I don't think well, that's yeah, long. Well, yeah, not quite that long. <laughs> not quite that long. <laughs> but I get it. You've been a traveling guy for a long time. And what uh, a great um, lifestyle that you can incorporate traveling for your business and meeting people from all over the world through your work, but then also that you have this this curiosity to go places and to go by yourself. Well, you know, uh, you, you really hit the nail on the head there, Marilyn. It's all about curiosity. Uh, it's, it's the one thing that's really um, instigated and, and invigorated all my travel is... I want to see what it's like. I want to meet people out there. I want to experience it for myself. You know, I could stay home, I guess, and watch TV, uh, Discovery Channel, or what have you, and, and see it on a screen. 
but that's never been uh, enough for me. I've always wanted to get out there and uh, explore, you know, what it is that's out there because I'm I'm curious about everything, and so that's really been the um, the uh, the motivating factor for uh, for most of my travel. I just I just have to see it for myself. I want to go there and experience it on my own. And, you know, sometimes you can find someone to travel with. And some of my trips, I've been out with uh, some friends of mine, and they were all great. You know, but if there's something you really want to see and there's nobody else around that really shares that, that desire, then for me, you know, you just have to then get up and go out there and do it by yourself. So uh, I've never been reluctant to go out on my own. Um, and I believe that uh, had I not done it, I really would have missed a lot. Um, but I, I won't wait for anybody. If it's, if it's time for me to go check something out, I'm going to try to make it happen and go there. Well, do you get some kind of um, intuition? Does something come up while you're sleeping and you wake up and go, oh, my God, I have to go here? Uh, that's actually happened. <laughs> uh, the, the, the inspiration can come from anywhere. You know, sometimes I'll read a, a magazine, a National Geographic, and they'll say something. Or sometimes I'll look at uh, Discovery Channel on TV, and they'll, uh, they'll show uh, something about the caribou migration in Alaska. And, you know, I, I, I can learn just by listening to that program. But uh, this actually happened. I saw it on TV, and I said, you know what? I need to go up there and follow those caribou across the tundra and see what it's like, you know, for myself. So the, uh, the inspiration can come from anywhere. But once it hits me, um, you know, I'll, I'll typically go online and, and learn all I can about that particular area or whatever it is I want to experience there. But then I need to just go there for myself and, and see it with my own eyes, walk the walk, check it out, and, uh, and just have that experience for myself. And if it means going by myself, uh, that's fine with me. I like to travel alone. You know, and I'm used to it. So I'll just keep on going. Well, it sounds like some of these places where you traveled have been very rugged and, and very remote, and you're out there all by yourself. How does that make you feel? Well... Uh, to be honest, uh, it makes me feel fine. <laughs> I like being alone uh, in the wilderness, and uh, even though I like being out there with friends, um, I don't mind being alone. You know, when you're alone in the wilderness, it's a, it's, it's a unique aloneness, you know, because you're completely cut off from the rest of the world. Um, you know, even if you were a a person in solitary confinement, you know, you would still perhaps listen to a radio or hear an airplane going overhead or see the person who brings you your meals. But when you're out there and there's nobody around and no sign of civilization, it's, uh, it's, it's totally unique. You know, it's being cut off from the rest of the world, and it hardly ever happens, you know. But I, there's a good side to that for me. Uh, for example, you know, it... it it allows me to get more in touch with myself, and I become more aware of my surroundings. My, my senses are keener. And, you know, on, an, on another level, I like it because I don't have to compromise about anything, you know. I, I eat when I'm, I'm hungry. I rest when I'm tired. I go whatever direction I want. 
you know, I don't have to uh, appease anybody or consult with anybody. My time is totally uh, my own. And uh, it, there's a certain kind of freedom in that for me. You know, there have been times when I've, I've been out there uh, on a trip and I, I could have finished a couple of days earlier, but I wouldn't let myself be, be lured by, you know, the attraction of a, of a, a hot shower, you know, or a cold beer or a change of clothes. I, I, you know, I, I let to stay out kind of on the fringe of civilization as, as long as I can uh, to get the most out of it. And uh, it's not something everybody does or even wants to do. Well, hold that and thought I don't right really there. Promote it, but you know, it's it's been working for me. I know. Well, hold that thought, Jr. Because when we come back from the break, I want to pick up right there and talk more about that. Because you're talking my language now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being on the show today, Jr. And we'll be back. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be back right after the break. So come on back with Jr. Harris. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Have you ever traveled and then heard those dreaded words that your flight is either delayed or canceled? Unfortunately, this does happen in air travel, and so you will need to rebook. One tip to keep in mind is instead of walking to the gate or the ticket counter, and getting in line to wait your turn to go ahead and rebook that flight, why don't you pull out your cell phone and call the 800 number for your airline and a representative will be right with you and you possibly could be rebooked and on your way uh, very, very quickly. So this is a great tip. Use your cell phone. Avoid those lines. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. Well, it's that time again. It is tailgating down south. And joining us right now is Doc Lawrence, and I think he's talking to us from Miami. Where are you, Doc? Marilyn just left the Fountain Blue Hotel, had the pleasure of spending the night there last night. The spirit of Frank Sinatra, the Rat Pack, Marilyn Monroe, Ava Gardner, Liz Taylor, you name it, were all around me. And I've got to be frank, this is a football weekend here between Miami's Hurricanes and the Virginia Tech Hokies. But football is going to play some second fiddle to everything that's happening here. This is America's playground. You get outside of Las Vegas 
in this Miami and Miami Beach. And that's where we are. Talk about food, Maryland, this morning for breakfast, eggs, Malaguena. I cannot describe to you what is in that, but I think it was made in heaven just from me, and hopefully you someday with me. Uh, we're going to have lunch today at in Little Havana, and yeah, you guessed it, Cuban sandwiches, black beans and rice, baby, maybe some Cubana beer. But heading over to Lincoln Road, uh, you pass all these wonderful restaurants, these great boutiques, the some of the greatest galleries outside of New York in North America. And I've got to find some time to go by and dine over the weekend at the Forge. Been there once before. They have 300,000 bottles of wine in their cellar. Wow. Uh, again, that is a place that's just haunted by memories of the greats, and it's still going strong. It's one of the best restaurants in the world, not just Florida. But let's get back to basics here. This cuisine in Miami is much more Latin American than it is let's say, traditional Southern. The drinks here, the cocktails here, you're not going to get a lot of Jack Daniels here, unfortunately, but you are going to get mojitos, and you're going to get daiquiris. You're going to get margaritas. You're going to get martinis. Lighter drinks, drinks that you can see through. They're translucent or transparent, and it makes it fun. We're going to try it today. I bet I can find it all throughout the parking lot. So the wonderful marinated shrimp, seafood, and lime juice, chilled, and it goes great with white wine, Sancerre, from Francis Lower Valley. The place is rocking. The place is hopping. Of course, it does that 365 days a year. It never stops here. This is party town, and I wish you were here. We're going to have fun. We're going to cheer the Hurricanes on. going to cheer the Hokies on. May the best team win. We're going to have fun, and I want all of you to come down here and enjoy it with me. We'll be in the parking lot outside the stadium. That's all for this week, Marilyn. And this is Doc Lawrence from Miami saying hello, 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 and we'll see you soon on Tailgating Down South. Thank you, Doc. Have fun down there. Okay, sweetie. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Well, welcome back, my guest, J.R. Harris. He's talking to us today from New York. Hey, J.R., thank you again for being on the show. My pleasure. So, J.R., we've been talking about your your treks and your adventures, and uh, we, we just touched on a little bit before the break about um, being out in the wilderness, finding that kind of zen, right? I mean, you're... It's just all about you and and being in the elements. Yeah, not only that, it's a, it's an opportunity to uh, to be uh, introspective in a way that you know you probably can't do it as well being at home or being in the middle of a big city or whatever. You know, so the the, the circumstances and the uh, the location situation that you're in, um, being alone like that. It, uh, it opens doors for you, you know, introspectively that um, probably would not be that easy to open in a uh, situation where there are a lot of people and, and a, a, big, uh, a big city. 
uh, around you. Well, tell me a little bit about the impact that that's had on your life as you've moved forward over all these years with your own business and the clients that you work with and the the other side of your life that's not that adventure portion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it certainly had a uh, an impact on me. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot being out there. Uh, for example, um, one thing I learned is, you know, I've learned to stay curious, you know, to, to embrace the opportunity to learn. Um, I've learned to expand my comfort zone, you know, to uh, tolerate uncertainty, to be prepared to adjust and improvise. Another thing I've learned is, you know, basically to just believe in myself, to be, to be confident and trust my instincts. You know, and, and you don't have to go to the end of the earth uh, in the middle of nowhere to learn some of these lessons. Um, but uh, that's where I was, and that's where I learned it. I, I learned to, uh, that it's important to diversify. You know, it's nice to travel, you know, but, uh, you know, you, you should expand your interest into other things as well um, because uh, life is more than doing just one thing. Um, you know, I've learned to, to keep my perspective, you know, and, and to remember that as much as I love travel and as much as I love to get around, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not bringing about world peace, you know, and I'm not finding a cure for cancer or anything, you know, so I need to keep that in its place and, and realize that there are other important things in life as well. Uh, and I think the final thing, uh, well, maybe not the final thing, but, but one big thing for me is, uh, you know, the opportunity to, to help other people. You know, there are, um, there are things that I've learned and things that I've experienced that um, maybe would be of, of value to other people. And, and what I've learned is that by sharing what I know and what I've seen, it, it takes nothing away from me. Uh, and, and yet it could help some, some other people. So it, those are some of the lessons that I've learned. And, again, I think that, that other people have learned the same lessons without going through some of the hardships and, and uh, uh, the rigors of travel in, in remote areas. But uh, that's where I learned it, and it's a, it's a good school. Experience is a great teacher. And the people, I'm sure, that you've met along the way have uh – inspired and taught you as well oh yeah i met some uh, really really interesting people you know all over the world uh people who have their own lives their own perspectives their own judgments their own uh ideas and their own curiosities and and um just to to have an opportunity to to meet them and talk to them and get a different spin on on life and what's out there it's been uh, tremendously helpful although of course uh <laughs> i must say that for a lot of these trips i don't see anybody <laughs> there's just nobody out there but yeah i've met a lot of uh, a lot of people and still keep in touch with a lot of people around the world well, I think in these days, especially where there's so much noise and there's so much propaganda and there's just so much, you know, confusion even that people are people everywhere you go, uh, talking to someone who's been out in the world, who's been, who is curious and, uh, and open uh, to meeting new people and having, uh, you know, uh, that 
empathy is is just so important for all of us. So thank you so much because in some ways it's you you're going out doing your thing, but for for those of us on the other end, uh, it's almost like you're an ambassador for us. That you're you're out there, you're doing something, you're being able to bring it back and share that with us. So well, you know, well, thanks for that. I what I really love to happen is for uh, for people that I speak to to get that same kind of travel bug that I have, and to realize that there are there are real benefits that they can uh, get for themselves by traveling, and and hopefully, uh, you know, talking to people that I speak to. Um, I can motivate or instigate people to say, you know what, maybe I need to, you know, get up off the couch and get outside and and see what's out there. Yeah. Uh, instead of just playing video games and 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 getting all my information secondhand or thirdhand from the, uh, some kind of a TV screen. Gotcha. Well, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there, and I want to talk about your book. All right. Thanks, JR, for being on the show today. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be back right after the break. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at BlueRidgeMotorcyclingMagazine.com. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And remember, you can follow Speaking of Travel on Facebook. So just go to Facebook and find the Speaking of Travel page. You'll find past podcasts and photos and travel tips. In fact, we just started a series. You'll find that on my website, Speaking of Travel. .net, travel Tips with Tina. Tina from the Asheville Regional Airport is providing us with some really great travel tips. In fact, this last one was so important about being uh, mindful to arrive at the airport two hours before your flight. Things have changed with the TSA. It's getting a little bit harder to, you know... 
You don't just go to the airport anymore these days and just get on the plane. You have to be there at least two hours early. So check out Tina's travel tips. And remember, if you're coming in and out of Asheville, you need to check out my good buddies over at Appalachian Realty. They can help you find the perfect place to live here in Western North Carolina. They've been doing it since 1979. Well, what were you doing, J.R. Harris, in 1979? <laughs> I, I could tell you I was traveling someplace in 1979. I bet you were. So, in 89 and 99. Oh, my gosh. You are a traveling guy. I'll tell you what. So tell me, what are some of your favorite tracks? Well, uh, I've done tracks oh, probably at least 40. I've lost count now. But I've been in, uh, in Alaska, in the Rocky Mountains. I've been to Greenland, Norway. Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Switzerland. I've been in the Pyrenees. I've been in Africa and Tanzania, the French Alps. I've been down in Peru, Chile. I've been Tierra del Fuego, the Australian Outback. I've been in New Zealand. I've been to Tasmania a couple of times and a lot of other places uh, over the years. <clears throat> so how would you what, – what is a trek? I mean, why would you even call it a trek? Uh, I, I call it a trek. You know, in, in the United States, we call it backpacking. It's putting uh, all your earthly belongings that you're going to bring with you in a sack, putting it on your back, and it's going out uh, into uh, the outdoors. And it's basically a combination of hiking and camping. So you're hiking during the day. At night, you find a place to stop and spend the night, and you set up your campsite and you do it. And it's essentially traveling by foot uh, over um, uh, different types of terrain. But essentially, it's, it's foot travel, carrying all of your uh, food, your shelter, your clothing, and your gear. Uh, there are names for it in other countries. Uh, in in Australia, they call it bushwalking. In New Zealand, they call it tramping. It's called fell walking. In in the UK, we call it backpacking. But essentially, everybody also refers to it as trekking. So you've written a book way out there, Adventures of a Wilderness Trekker. Tell me about the book. Well, um, every trek that I've ever done, I over these past fifty years, I've always kept a journal. And um, so this book, Way Out There, Adventures of a Wilderness Trekker, is a collection of stories covering these 50-plus years of backpacking or trekking around the world. It's got uh, nine chapters. Uh, Each chapter is a separate trip, its own story uh, in and of itself. The chapters are arranged in chronological order, starting with uh, 1966, the trip that I took to Alaska, uh, which really was the instigator of all the other ones. That's chapter one, and the, the final chapter was a ship I took just a couple of years ago. Um, and so over that span of time, you know, the book uh, uh, covers uh, how technology has come into backpacking, uh, how the wilderness ethics have changed, uh, and how things have changed in the, in the wilderness over the, the course of those five uh, decades. I, I try to write this to appeal to, to travelers, whether, whether they're active travelers or they're armchair travelers. 
So, you know, you don't need anything more than just uh, uh, a nice, comfortable seat and flip the book open and read it. It's got photos. It's got maps. It's got bibliography. Uh, it's even got a poem. And, uh, uh, and if you're a, uh, if you like rock, you know, I'm a, I'm a follower of a group, the Grateful Dead, that was around years ago. And I've got some deadhead references in there as well. So basically, I, you know, I, I wrote it because I'd like to see more people, especially kids growing up in the city like I did, uh, to get outdoors, experience all of the benefits that, that nature provides. And I'm, I'm hoping that the book in some small way will provide that stimulus and encouragement for people to get out there and travel. I love that. So how can people get this book, J.R.? Well, it's available uh, on Amazon or your favorite bookseller. Uh, just go on Amazon, put in Way Out There, Adventures of a Wilderness Trekker, and you can order it there. It's got a Kindle version as well. And um, I hope people will buy it and, and enjoy the stories. i got some real, uh, some real stories to tell. Some are humorous, some are tragic, some are introspective, you know, some are lighthearted, some are easy trips, some are harder trips. I cover the whole uh, the whole spectrum of backpacking and, and and trekking in the wilderness. Well, I just love the idea that you are sharing the uh, the inspiration that you have within yourself, within your heart, within your your whole being of of this insatiable curiosity and and having that restless soul and being able to step one foot out in front of the other and actually. Get out there. I, I always say at the end of my show uh, something that a dear friend here in Asheville coined a long time ago, don't postpone joy. And it sounds like that's exactly what your life story has been about. Uh, actually, that's a pretty good summary, don't postpone joy. You know, uh, nothing's guaranteed here. Uh, the events here in New York yesterday uh, with a terrible uh, uh, terrorist attack is kind of proof that um, you know, nothing is guaranteed, and and if we have an opportunity to go out and do something and experience something and learn something, you know, you shouldn't put that off. You know, uh, uh, it's it's all waiting for us out there, and all we have to do is is have the uh, the time, the energy, and and especially curiosity to just go out there and experience it. Exactly. And the more people that you meet or not, you know, in your case, being alone and and having that retrospective to get to know yourself, it just makes it just makes for healthier, happier people. And maybe if that became more of the norm, then someday we could actually have world peace. Right. Yeah. Very well said. It's uh, you know, it's a it's a simple lesson to learn to just go out there, um, forget about your life the way you currently live it for a short period of time, and embrace uh, all of the things that you can learn and experience by by going someplace and doing something different. And you know, it, there are there are lessons that you bring home with you that impact your whole life. And if more people could do that. I think it would be just a uh, a more peaceful uh, world where people would respect each other, and ideally that people would travel more and learn about each other. 
Exactly. Well, Jr. thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been such a pleasure, and uh, I feel inspired and, and happy right now. So you've put a big smile on my face, and I hope on the face of many of my listeners, I'm going to encourage them all to go out and uh, and get your book way out there, Adventures of a Wilderness Trekker, and, uh, and read that and get inspired themselves to, to take that take that leap so thank you so much and thank you marilyn i really uh really enjoyed talking to you awesome all right well this is marilyn ball you've been listening to speaking of travel with my guest jr harris the author of way out there adventures of a wilderness trekker and as we were saying put one foot out in front of the other try something new and remember as you walk out into life don't postpone joy (laughs) 